Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly passion, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. We just praise you for everything that is going on right now. We thank you for the epiphany, the revelation that you have laid upon my heart. Uh, as uh, Sister Terry Hill says, impressed upon my heart uh, just moments before the program started tonight. Um, and it's all I can say is, wow, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, Father, we just give you praise. We honor you. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you for all the wonderful and incredible things that you have done throughout our entire lives. Let us all remember as we look back upon our lives. Some, some of us are able to see more things than others, but that's okay. That's all part of being the body of Christ. Father, we thank you for, um, you know, allowing us to make it thus far. Uh, perhaps, I think it's reasonable to say that perhaps many of us, if we if the rapture had occurred, you know, a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have been ready. Uh, many of us are not quite ready yet. Um, and it is an incredible blessing to realize that you are so merciful, Father, that you would uh, just, you know, let more people on the boat and also allow us to come to a place of purity in our walk where, uh, you know, we we can, you know, humbly and with a contrite spirit be more hopeful uh, that we are walking in an alignment with your will. And we just praise your holy name and we thank you, Father. We praise you, Jesus, for all of the prayers, all of the hope that you have given us uh, amidst all of the turmoil and apocalyptic events that are increasing, ever increasing, ever increasing. They will be giving and taking in marriage. We understand that. Uh, it's going to be very much like uh, the outbreak of World War II, I suspect, and things will progress pretty slowly as, as folks from all around the world will just be living their life as everything is normal, just like the people in Pearl Harbor were when it was attacked, in theory. Uh, it, well, it was, but, you know, um, under some suspicious circumstances, to say the least. But, Father, we just 
praise you and thank you so much for everything that you have done for us. We praise you, Father God, with great confidence that you are our Abba Father. We know that this is a very difficult time for, for many of us, and we know that we are going through testing. We um, And, and I, again, uh, I praise you for allowing me to be able to share a prophecy from all the way back in 2013 that bar, beyond any shadow of a doubt is coming true today and will help to explain to the to the listening audience uh, why, why we are going through those things and that you had indeed warned us about it, albeit you know, several, if not very many, I don't even know how many years that have gone by since 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Wow, that's like nine years. Praise God. So nine years ago through, through a prophecy, you warned us about the days that we are in right now and how difficult they would be and how would how we would feel and we just thank you father for uh, revealing it to me and pressing impressing it upon my heart allowing me to immediately find the, the printed out copy of that prophecy and allow uh, me to be able to share it with people so that they have a better understanding of what we're going through why we're going through it and uh, also to help us to be able to maintain uh, you know um, uh, some self-control as we are as we admittedly are victims of Ecclesiastes 1, uh, uh, one uh, it's not 1, 9, 1, 18, I believe it is. Praise God. I just have to look it up. Let me see if I can find it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes. See, I haven't been looking at my scriptures that much because the computer's been down, and if I don't repeat it over and over again, uh, I start to forget things. Ecclesiastes 1, 18, I think it is. Okay, let's see. Yes, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. So, Father, we just pray for an anointing upon each of us that we can come to a place where we learn that last word in walking in the fruits of the Spirit, which is Galatians 5.22. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Wow, the hardest one of all. Father, place it upon our heart to be focused on you and to be able to receive your joy, even though we're going through difficult times, because we have made our mind up that we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we give you all the praise and glory in the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah and amen.
God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, uh, man, I got to share this with you, but, um, hmm. Yeah. Believe it or not, I'm on my 16th hour at this point, straight through, no breaks. No, none at all. Uh, I think I had one protein bar, two protein shakes, not really because of choice, but because, you know, things are just absolutely on fire and crazy at work. Um, it's, I don't know. I don't understand it, but I do understand it. I, you know what I mean? The, my flesh side of me, it, it, it's, it's befuddled. Uh, but the uh, spiritual side of me kind of gets it. And the Lord did reveal to me just pr- prior to this program starting uh, what's going on. Okay, now I kind of, you know, I've shared on the radio, on the uh, prior prayer vigil, I shared a little bit about my about some i don't know i don't i don't know if it's the holy spirit speaking to me i don't know if it's the lord directly speaking to me i don't know what it is uh you know i i'm not going to lay claim to any of that it maybe it's a word of wisdom maybe it's a word of knowledge i don't think it's a word of knowledge i i'm familiar with that operation in the holy spirit and that does tend to be uh given to people who are um uh you know standing standing in front of a group and the lord gives a word of knowledge about someone who's got a particular sin in their eyes or stole something or whatever whatever the case is and uh, and uh, but a word of wisdom. I don't think there's very many people. I'm always praying for that. You know, James one five. You know, if anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. Uh, but yet at the same time, uh, through the school of hard knocks, the Lord has also showed me that, uh, and and certainly uh, as of late, uh, once we passed by the the 2016, I don't know barrier where I believe the seducing spirits had been released. The Stanley Frodsham prophecy, one of the greatest prophecies of all time, I would argue, about the seducing spirits, where God himself releases seducing spirits upon the earth to become lying spirits in the mouth of all of his prophets, which explains why there was a paradigm shift uh, from the accuracy of the prophecies um, right around 2016, and um, and it got to the point where I was like seeing so many errors in them, because I knew my scripture well enough to detect them, uh, that um, I just stopped listening to them, I put them on the back shelf, and um, and that's okay. Um, once in a while I scan them, I, you know, I, I keep my eye on it, I, I kind of always hope that um, maybe we'll come to a place where the seducing spirits, but I'm not really sure about that. I mean, I'm kind of thinking at this point with the Seven Mountains people and and their predominance out there, because people don't like bad news. People love pillow prophets, just like uh, David Wilkerson warned about in a big, big way. Uh, people really love pillow prophets. They want to hear good news. They actually think the word to edify in, uh, I believe it's uh, 2 Corinthians, um, num, 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 num. I think it's 15, where it talks about prophecies, you know, and, and, and uh, they think that the word edify means to encourage. But that is not true. The word edify simply means to educate, uh, to bring up to speed, to let you know something that you maybe don't know. That's what it means. But 
unfortunately, churchianity wants to hear such great, wonderful, good news all the time uh, that people gravitate toward the whole Seven Mountains mandate deal, and they believe, you know, uh, that you know things are going to get better, and uh, Trump's going to be beamed from the Starship Enterprise directly into the Oval Office any second. Now they still believe it. They still believe it. I, you know, but I'm not going to go there. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to dwell on it. But it, it it and and we'll just let it at that. Um, uh, but uh, but you know when I read my Bible, it's pretty darn clear. Uh, it doesn't get any any better. Okay, things are not going to get better. As a matter of fact, a lot of the headlines that I'm going to read to you tonight uh, are, are going to powerfully indicate that that is the case, and um, uh, it will uh, synchronize and have total harmony with the Scripture uh, where Jesus was warning us about all these things. So essentially, the Olivet Discourse, which is um, Mark, uh, Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13, where Jesus was, uh, you know, on, on the Mount of Olives, you know, talking to uh, his uh, his close explaining to them, um, you know, that, uh, you know, what was going to transpire just prior to his arrival, uh, you know, to pick us up. That doesn't mean this isn't talking about, you know, this is where a lot of theologians and, and Bible so-called teachers uh, get lost. They, they just don't understand that uh, the, the rapture is, in fact, clandestine. The only people that are going to hear the trumpet call are the people that are going up. The rest of the people that are, are that still need refining, okay, uh, Think self-control here. That's for me. Okay, I'm raising my hand. Uh, but anyway, uh, the 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 people that still need refining, uh, they're they're not going to hear the trumpet. Okay, they're just going to see NASA come on TV and say, "Well, the aliens took them." Okay, and I've got uh, you know uh, evidence. I'm so positive that all of this stuff is going to happen that I just I don't even hesitate to just say it as it is. And I know that people that you know might scan the podcast dials out there, I know what they think, especially when Peterson comes on. Because they, quite frankly, most of the time have no idea what he's talking about, and they just kind of, you know, there are some people that, you know, Peterson is a niche. He's he's a um, what do you call it? A um, he's a niche a niche attractant. I don't know what you want to call it. He he doesn't. He, the, the people that love Peterson love him. The people, the rest of the people are like, what is this guy talking about? So anyway, um, so he, he you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's a niche. It's a specialization. Uh, and, he, and, and I'm not saying that I agree with everything that he believes, uh, but then again, he doesn't agree with everything that I believe. I, I think, I, you know, and, and, and we even used to play when we did the Peterson Chronicles together, we used to play this, um, this disclaimer just before he came on the program. It went like this. Opinions of our guests are not necessarily those of Tribulation Now. TribulationNow.org, TribulationNow.net, TribulationNow.com, Facebook.com, or slash TribulationNow. Or for that matter, ah, heck, they may not be anyone else's opinions. What? So, be a good Berean, X1711, and search the scriptures daily to see if it is so. May God bless you. So, you know, uh, so when we bring when we bring Brother Lauren on, um, you know, he, he has an itch falling. Uh, it, it's just, you know, uh, and 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 it's and the people that really love what he talks about, because it's like way out there, you know, like. Uh, 
um, you know, they love it. They absolutely love it. And um, I, I like to add that twist to the program. Um, I actually had somebody email me at one point, and they said, you know, your program's kind of like a mixture between George Norrie's uh, Coast to Coast AM and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and uh, like a church service. Uh, you know, and um, there's a lot of truth to that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and, um, you know, and I think as – as I continue to massage uh, some of our regular guests and, um, you know, over time, see, we're all in a little bit of a state of shock. Now, I don't know how to, but we are. We may not think that we are, but we are. And if we're not in a state of shock, guess what? We're clueless. And then we might as well just go ahead and join us. Oh, I don't want to say it. I don't want to speak anything negative against the the seven mountain stuff is unacceptable. Okay. Uh, But people not knowing things because they were led you know, they just were born and raised in churchianity, and they were always told since they were little tiny children that there was going to be a third Solomon's temple before Jesus came. That's a shame. That's that's just so sad. But unfortunately, uh, the vast majority of churchianity that has not fallen – see, and a lot of the people that have fallen for the pillow prophets and the Seven Mountains people don't even understand what Seven Mountains is. All they know is that they're talking about good things. They're talking about Jesus, Jesus, you know, Jesus, 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 and, and wonderful things, and Jesus is going to explode across the earth, and Trump's going to come back, and everything's going to turn out to be good. And, and, and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and they're just jumping around and happy, happy, happy. Because – and a lot of them are, like I said, they're from the – um, you know, the Baby Boomers One group, uh, which is, you know, the, the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, uh, you know, uh, hide under your desk and practice drills uh, because Russia's going to nuke us at any time post-World War II group. And, um, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that all that all those people are completely, you know, uh, p- pillow profit types, but the vast majority of them are. Okay. And and uh, and I, I know that because I got members of my family. I think the Lord really had me be, be born 20 years later than my two sisters so that I would be able to speak to this with with authority and uh you know with personal uh empirical experience um and it's really weird but you know i look at my life i look at all the dynamics i look at all the people that i'm talking to at work i look at these billion dollar executives that i have to deal with all day long and and the impossible requests that are being asked i mean i mean right you know and praise god you know there's good problems and bad problems here's a bad problem you know, if you're a consultant, here's a bad problem. A bad problem is nobody likes you, and so then no, nobody asks for you. A good problem is that too many people ask for you, and you're so popular that you're like they want to fly you to this this place. They want to fly you to – I mean, I, so those are the kinds of problems that I have. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So, um, uh, But it's it's very taxing. You know, when, when you're – I don't know why I can't get a full night's sleep, but it's very, very rare. Uh, even if I'm absolutely beyond exhausted to the point where I'm literally in my chair, uh, you know, taking a break after work around seven o'clock in the evening and um, my head is like nodding off, boom, you know, narcolepsy kind of thing. Uh, even when I'm that tired, if I force myself up, and by the way, I've studied sleep, I've done sleep studies, I've studied uh, all, every everything I could ever get my hands on, I've had, you know, and um you know, because I wanted to be an expert on sleep, and um, and I have read probably every article that there is out there, and I know that a lot of people are suffering from sleep problems, especially because of the just the general increase in apocalyptic LGBT weirdness that's going on out there, and the uh, fantastic increase uh, and impact on people's you know uh, ability to live, uh, to pay, to pay the rent, you know, the the, 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 the people dying, uh, you know, uh, you know myocarditis and dropping dead and 
and you know uh, having to visit relatives you know that have, didn't know any better and took the shot you know and, and and all that and didn't know to pray and how to pray and didn't understand the authority of Jesus Christ and and all that kind of stuff um, you know so so um, it's it's complicated and so there's this rise in even unspoken tension a lot of stress is actually induced upon the human body the human psyche really it's it's physiological uh, and 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 it has exceedingly negative effects the list of negative effects that un, you know and this is stress that you, you can't even put your finger on it's just you know if you if somebody comes up to you and they say to you why do you feel stressed you would be like i don't know you know, or you might be like me and be able to point to a handful of things, but some, but what what I can't do it oftentimes is I can't point to the root cause at any given moment. You know, when I'm about to crack, okay, and I have you know just for for the fun of it, I I I got this sign I put it in my hallway. It's a it's a collection of tin signs that I have going down the stairs, and um. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think this is funny. And if you don't think it's funny, I'm sorry that you don't think it's funny. But it, one of the signs that I have in the hallway says, swearing. Because sometimes fiddlesticks and gosh darn it just doesn't cut it. <laughs> right, kids? <laughs> no, 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 kids. You're not supposed to ever swear, okay? You got? Okay. All right. That's just said in tongue-in-cheek. It's supposed to be funny. Okay, you understand funny? Okay, just funny. That's all. Don't be saying no bad words, okay? Because Colossians 3, I think it's roughly verse 3, somewhere around there, says, and the filthy language out of your mouth, which basically is calling that out as a sin. So I, uh, that's like my most popular sin. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I just, you know, and I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Praise God. And it's, it's a constant work. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to somebody on a Zoom meeting, one of the people that's working on a project, and she gets it. She gets all this stuff, but um, she let one rip because she was so mad because of the just stuff that was just everything was going wrong. And, you know, and everybody's like losing it. And uh, and she's like, she's like, why is this guy doing blankety blank? She's like, what the blank and i was like looking at her going but anyway um you know we can't get away from it we you know we're gonna have to you know just continuously work on ourselves you know continuously examine ourselves examine our hearts i pray father in the name of jesus please cleanse and totally purify the very nerve centers of my brain that would trigger me to you know because you know i hey man i used to be a custom sailor there was a point in my life when i was in the united states navy that pretty much every three words was the letter f Okay, so I've come a long way, baby. Hallelujah. So, um, uh, and uh, uh, but you know, there's there's still times when you know, you know, things go wrong so horribly bad that I will flip out, and I got to get control of that. I I know that I do, and I I and I pray in Jesus' name, and I hope with all of my heart that um, by virtue of my fervent desire to please God and walk in his holy will and continuously examine myself and to continuously confess of my sins, um, I think it's actually a greater sin, according to my Bible, where it talks about presumptuous sin, to presume that you're in like Flynn, to not be the tax collector in the, tax, in the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee, where Jesus points to the tax collector and Pharisee, and he's explaining, which one of the two do you think is going to make it? With, you know, which, 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 which 
one do, which one do you think is worthy of the kingdom of heaven? And he's pointing over to the Pharisee, and the Pharisee's like raising his hand and going, I praise you, Father God, for you have chosen me, and I am worthy of your grace, and I thank you, Lord. And, 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 and Jesus points over to the tax collector who rents his robe. He like tears his shirt, and he's like, I am unworthy. <laughs> oh, God, I am unworthy. And you know what Jesus says? That's the one. That's the one who's going to make it in heaven. So a lot of people out there, they're, they're living in presumptuous sin, which is a particular affront to the Lord, which, of course, I have that scripture here. I'm, I, I got my PC study Bible working pretty good as long as I leave it alone for a while and let it stabilize and it doesn't wig out on me. I don't think I think it's like several versions of Windows, you know, not, not compatible. But anyway, let me go ahead and uh, type in presumptuous. For those who do not know it, presumptuous, boom. Because you know what? Uh, oh, wow. I didn't realize this. Now, um, uh, in, in Psalm, in Psalms 19.13, and I got I to gotta enter this into my little card catalog thing, my little, I got a app on my, I got an app on my uh, uh, Android phone, which is called Cardboard, and it allows you to create these little 3 by 5 cards, and I save all the scriptures, my favorite ones, on those 3 by 5 cards, but I don't think I've put this one on there yet, okay, but evidently the word presumptuous only appears in the, in the uh, Textus Receptus version of the Bible, the most accurate one by far, uh, uh, and it, uh, only two places, Second Peter 2.10, and Psalm 19.13. Now, Psalm 19.13 is the place uh, um, where it really hits home. It says, uh, keep back your servant. That would be us. We're servants, hopefully. Okay. Uh, otherwise, uh, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> okay. And remember, remember, prayer ministry with spiritual warfare, which we do on the prayer vigil every, seven, every Friday night at 7 p.m., that's a ministry. That's probably the most important ministry to God that there is in all the universes. Okay? So people are out there, the devil's saying, you're worthless. You're not doing anything. You need to, like, do this. You need to, like, do that. You need to, like, you know, whatever. And no, that is absolutely false. That is so beyond false. That is so demonic and satanic. It just makes me want to grab my Satan, my, my, my Louisville certified slugger baseball bat with Satan's, you know, uh, I don't know if I drew a picture of his face or whatever, like the devil, on it. But that's what I did. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I do weird things like that. It makes me feel better. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Right, kids? You, you like it when... You like my uh, Louisville Slugger baseball bat with Satan's head painted on it, right? Come on, do you? I mean, you've seen it, haven't you? Yeah, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I, then I shall be blameless. I shall, not, I shall be innocent of great transgression. The Bible says that God saves such as have a contrite spirit. You know, when you feel like you're worthy... You better check your P's and Q's. And oh my, I, I, oh, thank you, Jesus. All I can say is, Father, thank you for my beatings. Father, thank you for my beatings. My beatings are plentiful. They hurt. They are awful. They suck balut. If you don't know what a balut is, B-A-L-U-T, uh, type it into Wikipedia and learn about balut in the Philippines. If you see a little kid walking around with a basket going balut, Run the other way as fast as you can. Do not be tricked. Uh, it is a, uh, it is a, uh, I don't know, a duck in an egg that has not been allowed to fully mature, and it gets rotten, and then they walk around and suck on it. 
I mean, I'm not joking you. They actually do. And I'm like, uh, I was warned, you know, when I was there. I was like, you know, stay away from the balut. What they didn't do is they didn't warn me to stay away from the little kids that want to polish your sneakers. Because, you know, of course, uh, you know, you see these little kids and you're like, oh, they're so cute and everything. like that. And they, uh, and they come running up to you and go, hey, hey, uh, can we polish your sneakers? You know, and they, they, you know, strong accent and everything. And, and you know, polish your sneakers, you know. Uh, hey, Joe, hey, Joe, you know, can we polish your sneakers? And, you know, of course, I fell for it because, you know, you know, I'm like thinking, come, come on, why not, you know? Well, okay. So what they do is they come up to you to, to polish your sneakers, and they hold up this little sign in their hand, okay, which tells you how many bot or not bot, that's Thailand, uh, sorry, um, uh, pesos, how many pesos, uh, this is in Longo Post City, uh, I don't even know if Longo Post City exists anymore considering all the stuff that's gone on over in the Philippines and them trying to oust us and all that. But anyway, um. But anyway, uh, you know, what they do is they hold up this little sign that says it's going to be like five pesos, right? That They do. They hold it right up to you, and they, and they look cute and everything, and you're like, okay. So you take off your Nikes, and you hand it to them, and you, you kind of stand there, and you wait. And they're like, boy, they polish them up, and they, they do. They make them look really nice, okay? But then when they give them back to you and you put them on your feet, they hold up the same sign, but they flip it around the other way, and it says 50 pesos. <laughs> Okay, so it's like ten times more expensive than they advertise. You know, they they're little shysters. But anyway, it's still, nevertheless. So I, you know, of course, you're like kind of obligated at that point to pay them because you know if you if you try to walk away, they're going to be like screaming, "Hey, stealing from me!" And everybody's going to be looking at you, and you know, it's like forget about it, just give them the money. But anyway, praise God to them. You know, fifty pesos or whatever will feed them for a week. And you know, once you rec- once you realize that, you know, it's like it's all it's like kind of a blessing. But I was so seeped in sin back then, I was up to no good. All right. Praise God. But you know, the funny thing about it, I still had a lot of, I don't know, I can't explain it, a lot of Jesusness in me, even back when I was heaped in sin. You know, uh, the big thing for everybody to do back uh, when the ship would land in port uh, was to go, uh, you know, get girls. You know, and lots of them. And, um, you know, that was their thing. Uh, and I was, you know, the guys in my division were like, come on, man, you know, come on, follow us. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And they, they did that in Thailand. They did that in the Philippines. They did that everywhere we went. And I was like, no, 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 no. You guys go ahead. You go ahead. Have fun. Have fun. And then I would go out into the places where nobody was allowed to go, and I'd meet the common people and things like that. So I got to experience a lot of things that were really cool uh, in different countries that, um, you know, we were told because I was, you know, I was a rebellious kid, uh, but I just didn't want to go and, you know, do that stuff that sailors do. All right. Anyway, um, uh, but uh, praise God, it, lot, lots of amazing stories about that, but uh, I, I digress. All right. Um, I did want to share with you that and and, and, rem- and remind all of us that, um, you know, we are blessed. We are blessed. We're on the boat. We're on our journey. We're not stuck in the trap of churchianity. We're not stuck in the trap of pillow prophets. We're not stuck in the trap of uh, running up and down and praising God and thanking Jesus and thinking that we're worthy and then being shocked that we had presumptuous sin, that we were really uh, doing what the Bible says to examine ourselves and to confess of our sins on a regular basis constantly. It's a constant state of sanctification. You know, anyway, that's the key. And I honestly believe with all of my heart that if you are practicing righteousness, 1 John 3, 7, he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he, Jesus, is righteous. And he who sins willfully and habitually is of the devil. Now, if you have a willful and habitual issue that you're dealing with, fight it. Fight it. Fight it. 
Okay, and um, and and keep on praying and praising and praising and praising and praising because Jesus is going to come through. Okay, he doesn't lie. He's not a fibber. No matter what anybody tells you, and if you know your Bible, then you're going to hold up your scripture just like I do, Mark eleven twenty three, and you're going to say where it's at, where Jesus says, "Have faith in God and whatever you ask." I'm I'm leaving out some of the stuff. You know, I'm cutting to the chase. Have faith in God and whatever you ask when you pray. Believe that you will receive it. And you will have them, okay, whatever things that you ask. And that's what Jesus said. So Jesus is in the fibber, all right? So that means to me that when I'm asking him in, uh, in prayer for those things, that he's going to give it to me, all right? Now, now all that being said, uh, especially when it is exceedingly important, plus if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul, you want to walk in the will of our Father. You want to please your Father. You want to make him happy, you know, and that's why you have godly sorrow, you know, and godly sorrow leads to repentance. It doesn't say that it instantly instantaneously brings about repentance. It doesn't say that you magically pop out of an egg and go, hallelujah, I'm set free. You know, there's a big difference between miracles and walking that narrow path and going that difficult journey, which most of us have to do. That's just how it is. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And these are things I had to learn the hard way. And uh, when I say the hard way, I, uh, that's, a gro- that's a serious understatement. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, now let's get back on track because I got a lot to cover here um oh yeah oh yeah um okay kids kids are you ready for some you know some smiles <laughs> wait a minute wait, spanky what what he's holding up some kind of a sign here give me that give me that let me see what this is he's saying that there's some 12 or 13 year old really pretty girl in the south of France listening to the show. How would you know that? For crying out loud, how would you know that? Oh, for crying out loud. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Spanky, sit down. What did you get a word, word of knowledge or something? Come on, kids. Get with the program. All right. How do you fix a broken gorilla? How, kids, how do you fix a broken gorilla? With a monkey wrench. <laughs> with a monkey wrench. Come on, kids. Boy, I thought I was going to get a boo on that one. It's getting pretty scary. Okay, kids, if four out of five people suffer from diarrhea, does that mean that one person enjoys it? <laughs> kids? Okay. Uh, it kind of indicates, you know, that it, that would be the implication. All right, okay, kids, one more. Why was the pig covered in ink? Why was the pig covered in ink? Because it had been in a pen. <laughs> you know, a pig pen covered in ink. Come on. Come on. You don't have to think that hard on it. You know, pig covered in ink and a pig pen. Come on. All right, praise God. You guys are a little slow to the draw tonight. Uh, try a little harder. Oh, oh, hey, 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 Spanky, you're stirring it up again. How did you know about that girl in France? All right, anyway, so it's, I don't know, I, it's, it's very suspicious. All right, praise God. Now I am going to share with you what the Lord revealed to my heart. I will, I will borrow uh, the terminology, I like it, uh, that uh, Sister Terry Hill uses, where she says the Lord has impressed upon her heart something. Okay, I like that, um, and I'm going to borrow it and use it. 
So the Lord impressed upon my heart just prior to the show because I was thinking to myself, why is it so many people are going – because this is my plate. My plate is no matter how hard I pray, it's like – I don't know. Like I I mentioned this on the Friday night prayer vigil, on the last Friday night prayer prayer vigil. What what day is today? Wednesday. Yeah, so we had the Sunday. Yeah, so it had been the prior prior prayer vigil. And for those of you listening, I know a lot of you are listening on podcasts, and our podcast listens are through the roof because a lot of people don't want to stay up that late. And I'm blaming you. Neither do I. But we've been doing live shows for a long time, and uh, so we're going to keep on doing it. But anyway, um, and it's hard on me because right now I think I'm on my 17th hour of continuously being awake. I was uh, actually cleaning my fish tank at 3 a, uh, 3.30 a.m. this morning. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? But anyway, um, so I, I've been wondering, you know, you know, it's kind of like building upon what I, re, what, what I was impressed upon my heart, I believe, by the Lord. Uh, you know, and not just my own thought, uh, you know, on the prayer vigil. And and there were a lot of people that wrote me and said, wow, that was the greatest. That was the most wonderful prayer vigil you've ever done. But, you know, that, that it depends on where you are in your walk and what kind of troubles you're having and all that kind of stuff, whether or not it, something witnesses to you. All right. But anyway, um, but we got a lot of feedback on that, which was good. Praise the Lord. Um, but because, uh, you know, that's what this is all about. I don't do this for my health. OK, you know, I really. But but, you know, in a kind of a way I do. OK. And, and I it's a little bit hard. It's duplicitous. It's a paradox. Okay, we live in a paradox. Okay, we live in the flesh. We live in the spirit. We live in the flesh. We live in the spirit. We're supposed to walk in the spirit, but we live in the flesh. And this is why Paul in, in Romans is like going all over the roadmap. He's like, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Heaven forbid! Don't sin so you can get more grace. You know, it's like it's it gets confusing, and people don't understand. When you understand that there is a paradox associated with our very existence here on the earth, especially when you understand pre-existence, wow, does it explode? Okay, and then you. And then you're like, wait a minute, is this scripture referring to the our eternal existence? Or is this scripture talking about our earthly existence? Is this scripture talking about our flesh experience? Is this scripture talking about our spiritual experience? You know, I dare you to try to find this in churchianity. Find me one pastor who teaches this stuff. And I'm not claiming I'm a pastor. I'm just some guy with 35 extra pounds from the pandemic because I'm getting driven crazy at my workplace. But anyway, that being said, um, I want to share this with you. I think this is mighty, mighty powerful. The Lord impressed this upon my heart. I believe it was the Lord. I really do. Uh, And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the trumpet fanfare because I want to share this with you. Now, what are the odds that I'm, you know, I'm I'm not going to get into all, but I pray. I mean, I'm like, Father, I, I quote scriptures to our Father on my knees after I anoint myself with oil in the morning, very much like the prayer vigil, okay, but I'm on my knees. I actually have two I have I do three things in the morning. Not every single morning, but almost every single morning. And um I I, I take communion uh early, uh while it's dark, um and I fill my golden bowl of forgiveness up with water and then I anoint it with the Exodus oil. I anoint all the vessels which are, you know, the teeny weeny little bit of wine that I put into a chalice and, you know, and my matzah my crystal decanter, but I, but I take communion. Then I pray just like I do on a prayer vigil for at least two continents of people, uh, Ezekiel twenty two thirty. Uh, you know I you know I, I sought for a man to stand stand in the gap 
for me on behalf of the land, but I found no one. All right. Well, on behalf of the land, get it? Okay. So we can pray for, you know, an individual. We can pray for a church. We can pray for a building. We can pray for a city. We can pray for a country. We can pray for a continent. We can do whatever. That's what God wants. Because in Isaiah 43, 25, God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Figure that one out. Well, the reason is because God created the rules uh, at the, uh, you know, when he was creating all of creation. Lucifer was there. Lucifer, you know, when, when the Masons call Lucifer the great architect of the universe, they just flip everything upside down. They don't acknowledge that he fell. They consider Adonai to be a pain. They tell everybody that the Bible is flipped upside down, and you have to, once you flip everything upside down, then you know how, and then you, you know, that, that's, I know it's confusing, but that's just how it is. Okay, and a lot of people get deceived by that. Um, there's even people out there, heaven forbid, as Paul would say, uh, that actually teach that uh, the Old Testament, uh, that, that our Heavenly Father in the Old Testament isn't our Heavenly Father, because there's so much of a, a delta dynamic in, in how things are went down then uh, between that and Jesus when he came. But, you know, I've even had pastors, I, I kid you not, pa- well-known pastors, anointed pastors, call me on the phone and say, is this guy telling the truth? And I'm like, oh, heaven forbid! Uh, you know, so uh, praise Jesus. You know, it's, it's, it's a blessing, a humongous blessing, and it is a humongous blessing to do this program. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that I don't get fantastically it doesn't mean that I don't get tremendously annoyed when my eyes pop open at 3.20 a.m., uh, you know, and then, of course, if my eyes pop, pop open, somehow my dogs supernaturally sense that my eyes popped open. I don't know how they do that. And they jump down out of bed, and they're, like, prancing around because they want to, you know, really, you think, anyway, whatever. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> I have this little funny sign. It's a little meme that says, uh, you know, uh, my dogs are the reason I get up early every single day. Really, really, really early. Except it kind of has a colloquialism in, inter, injected there. Uh, but anyway, um, but it's still funny. Uh, but uh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I want to share this with you. So I'm going to play the trumpet fanfare, and then I'm going to read this to you because this builds upon what uh, – because I've been befuddled. And um, and that's why I shared what I shared on the last prayer vigil and blessed a lot of people to help them understand. God loves us. God knows we're going to have to go through some really ugly stuff. And God is preparing us. And that is what the core message was on the prayer vigil via testimony and what the Lord impressed upon my heart. Now, that's a blessing. Because when you understand why, then it then you can cope with it much, much better. Doesn't mean that you won't have your, your moments. It doesn't mean that you won't get really sad. I caught myself two times today because I'm utterly overwhelmed, absolutely exhausted. And I caught myself two times today, literally just getting up uh, from my desk to walk across the room. And I just started to break into tears because I was overwhelmed, absolutely exhausted. And I, you know, it, it, it's hard. And so, um, and, and then I caught myself doing it and I was like, no, no, no. And I stopped myself. I literally spoke out, out loud, you know, cause there's life and death and the power of the tongue. And it's no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. Right. And, and when you put all that together, you understand that when you speak forth things, that's why we have to confess of our sins. We got to speak it forth to the Lord. Okay. This is life and death and the power of the tongue. You got to speak it. All right. So I was like, no, no, no. Cause I didn't want to allow myself to spin out of control because once you allow that, you know, like I was just like overwhelmed, you know, and I started to cry. I, was, I could feel
feel the tears welling up, and I stopped it. And I said, no, no, no. And, 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 I, and, and, you know, and, and I, I put it to rest, and then I was all right. I came back to my desk and kept on working and exhausted, went whatever, and it, it was all right. I didn't break down. I didn't get depressed. I didn't, you know, all that kind of stuff. All right, praise God. So I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to figure it out, and I think that um, a lot of us are going to have to go through some of these things that I'm going through, and that's why I'm sharing it with you. Now, um, and I can tell you that uh, those of us, all the people that I know that are associated with this radio show, uh, if you know, even the listeners, uh, and especially those who participate and 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 adopt spiritual warfare prayer tactics, like we use on the prayer vigil, uh, they're going through hard times. Yeah, they're they're getting attacked heavily by Satan. And you might say, now, now I did share that, that that I believe that our heavenly Father is conditioning us for darker times ahead. So that we are able to gracefully deal with the things. Now, I know that there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but, man, it ain't, it ain't happening yet. And I don't care who says what. I've been listening to that uh, prophetically uh, announced, you know, the prophets. I have – oh, my gosh, folks, I printed out – I mean, I have manila folders thick printed out with unbelievable numbers of prophecies. And I've got, like, a, a Word documents with, like, over 113, 120 pages of prophecies. So I've been tracking this stuff an awful long time, and I know what I'm talking about. All right, and um, and this was these were all collected long before 2016, and and the seducing prophets and the pillow prophets taking over the world, because everybody's like, man, boy, things are really bad out there. I love what this prophet's saying. She's saying everything's going to return to normal, and everybody's going to be happy. She just talked to Jesus, and they always have an excuse, a reason why, you know, oh well, this that, and the other thing, and they they got ten thousand reasons why that it didn't happen. And um, you can't change your minds either. Once they're locked onto the pillow prophets, you can't change your minds. They're so locked onto the pillow prophets, and they will, they will, they, they will. You you can't reason with them. You can't. I know. <laughs> they're members of my family. You can't. Okay, so it's just not possible. So you just got to let it go. All right. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna share what the Lord impressed upon me. It was a prophecy from 2013, I believe, from Bond's blog, hearing from God. And now here we are. Uh, how many years is that now? What did I count? Nine years? Nine years. Can you imagine that? Nine years ago, this was prophesied from Sister Bonnie in Australia. And now, right at this moment in time, it reads like a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it actually adds the explanation. It gives us more of the why. Okay, so you might say, okay, I'm going to tell you this straight up. The only reason this prophecy would say what it says is if we were getting the dickens beat out of us and feeling like God was ignoring our prayers. I'm going to say that one more time. The only reason, the only reason that our Heavenly Father would have prophesied what I'm going to read to you through Sister Bonnie nine years ago is if we were getting the dickens beat out of us and we were feeling like God was ignoring our prayers, which a lot of us are, okay? All right? Now, if you're in churchianity and you're hugging pillow prophets and you're back, you know, watching the XYZ club or whatever it is, you're, gonna, you're where you are, you know? You're not a danger to the devil. I mean, you might be in a little bit of a way, but probably not, okay? And uh, most likely not, okay? The, the, the ones who are, you know, and you, you heard the last show and everything, and, it, and it's all, all very true. When it's, it's not until you start really making the devil, devil's day, when you ruin his day, he's coming for you. Okay, but the question is, and, and, and here's the thing, 
like for example, I had a very well. I'm not going to mention who who it was because uh, I just don't want to. I just don't want to go there. But it, she's very very pretty well known amidst the prophets that are pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm not saying good bad, but anyway, she she called me on the phone one time and she was like saying to me. Uh, uh, the Lord impressed upon my heart that I needed to call you because Satan is trying to give you a heart attack. And you know what I said? <laughs> you know what I said to her? I said, I don't care. Satan can try to give me a heart attack all he wants. He ain't going to succeed. And I said, I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Okay. And that and I just went on with my life. All right. Praise God. Kind of like when Smith Wigglesworth was visited by Satan when he was in the hotel and he was like, you know, Satan was standing at the foot of his bed. Can you imagine somebody as anointed as Smith Wigglesworth and Satan had the chutzpah to stand at the end of his bed? Okay. And Smith like, you know, is like senses like someone's in the room and he like, you know, rolls over and looks up and sees Satan standing there and he goes, oh, it's only you. And he rolls over, pulls the blanket over his head and goes to sleep. <laughs> I mean, come on. So anyway, we all got to get to that place in our walk. Praise God. All right. But anyway, um, let me go ahead and read this to you. This is amazing. Nine years ago, and it is so appropriate for, I mean, it's like reading for, like a newspaper, okay? And I even made notes on it. Wait until you hear the notes that I made on it. Were those no, no, notes anointed? Were they prophetic notes? I don't know. But I, I, I'm, not taking, I'm not taking credit for nothing. I'm not a prophet. I don't know anything. Uh, but praise God, First uh, Corinthians 8, 2, if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as he ought to know, especially Peterson, by the way. Praise God. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> anyway um, listen to this. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so I'm going to scroll in here real close so I can read this because it requires that. And, okay, now listen to this. I, I, you know, I, I could read the whole thing for you, but I'm not going to. Okay? Um, oh, I'll tell you what. Maybe I will. Because uh, Peterson's incredible. You know, he's, he, he'll, he'll, he'll hang in there for me till a quarter after the hour. No problem at all. Because, um, uh, you know, he knows me. And, he, you know, it is what, it, you know. Anyway, praise God. All right, so um, I, I think I'm, no, I'm going to cut right to the chase to save time because I want to get into the news. It's very relevant. All right, now listen to this. Above this particular paragraph, which, by the way, I had circled and highlighted when I printed it out many, 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 many years ago. Many years. I guess nine. Oh, no, it's more than nine. Ten, eleven, eleven. Wow, it's almost 12 years ago. No, 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 it's nine. I was, uh, the number was too small, and I wasn't reading it right. All right, let me read this to you. This is amazing. Now, I will tell you that back then, after I had printed it out, I had circled it, I had highlighted it, and I wrote above it. Okay, I had to turn on a little fan because it's kind of getting hot here in the Golden JIB Studios. Jesus in broadcasting, hallelujah. All right, um, the, um, I, and, and I do think, you know, this radio show keeps me probably keeps me semi sane uh, because if I you know didn't have it as an outlet uh, with all the things that the Lord has shown me and everything I th- I think I would flip out uh, it it would make it even harder um, praise Jesus so anyway um, listen to this and I quote I wrote right above this paragraph in red ink three years of Revelation chapter six. Three 
years of Revelation chapter 6. Now, if that be true, and I'm not going to count the months and start getting into the weeds, folks. I don't care about that stuff. Some people do that, and it's like, you know what? I have studied under so many people that were like so stuck on the Hebrew, so stuck on the Greek, so, you know, they thought that they had discovered some amazing new thing, but they missed the whole point because they were, they didn't even realize they were in a forest. They were just looking at a tiny little beetle underneath, underneath the rock in the middle of the Amazon. They didn't even see the natives with bones in their nose getting ready to throw spears at them because they were so busy in the weeds. I don't ever want to be in the weeds. All right. So anyway, you know, sometimes if I'm studying a particular subject like preexistence or whatever, I'll do some digging and then I'll be like, whoa. But anyway, praise God. So listen to this. Three years of Revelation chapter six. So if if there's any truth at all to the seven year, last seven years, uh, you know, Daniel's last seven years, then we're in the midst of the first, you know, we're in Revelation chapter six right now. The question is, when did the three years start? I wouldn't split hairs over that. Don't you worry about that. Don't even think about it. Okay, just focus on where we are. All right, now, listen to what it says. This is absolutely amazing. And I quote, this is, the, this is the Lord speaking through Sister Bonnie. Remember that I told you there will be a short span of darkness. By the way, short. <laughs> That's like soon, you know. Thanks a lot. That's about as ambiguous as anybody can get. But anyway, it says, remember that I told you that there will be a short span of darkness that you will need to walk through before I come for my bride. And there will be a time when it may appear that I have forsaken you. Now, I'm going to read that again. There will come a time when it may appear that I have forsaken you. Now, let's hear a praise offering for for those of you out there that are going through really awful things. Uh, Husbands doing terrible things to wives. Wives doing terrible things to husbands. Children turning on you. Everything that Jesus warned warned us about. Uh, You know, know, I mean, just, you know, you're overwhelmed with those things, you know, just getting beaten into the ground by all these things. And you've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And you're just like, what is going on here? Lord, are you hearing my prayers? Are you hearing my prayers? Let's hear a praise offering for those of you who are out there that are going through a praise offering for Jesus that are going through those sort of things. Come on, let's hear it. All right, praise God. I think it's true, man. (laughs) Men and women. Hey, wait a minute. Galatians says that there's neither man nor woman, Jew or Gentile, and we are all one in the body of Christ. Hmm. Now, I wonder if that was in the flesh or not. Only kidding. All right, kids, you get it. Okay. All right. Praise God. All right. Remember that I told you that there will be a short span of darkness that you will, get this, keyword, need. Okay, now reflect back to what I said in the prayer vigil three days ago. I'm not going to repeat it. Need to walk through. Need to walk through. Why would we have to need to do it? For the reasons that I said on the prayer vigil. Go back and listen to it. All right? And if you don't want to, then, well, too bad. You'll just be stuck on the third rung of a hundred-rung ladder, and that's okay. This is your choice. All right. So anyway, uh, need to walk through before I come for my bride. And there will be a time when it appears that I have forsaken you. All right. Now, 
let me just say this. If you are ruining the devil's day, if you are using spiritual warfare tactics, if you are doing anything like we, we do on the prayer vigil, I can tell you something. If you're alive, that's a miracle. I'm going to leave it at that. It is a miracle that you are alive. Okay? Because Satan would rather, he would send astral projecting uh, ambassadors of the darkness and witch covens after you, and they've probably already been sent after you, and they already probably tried to kill you, but you probably were protected. You've got to understand how it works. Okay, so what happens is you feel like God has forsaken you, and it says that we need to go through it. Why? Because we're being conditioned for a darker time on the earth, and we need to do it walking grace. Okay, and then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit falls upon us. If you're sitting there, you know, remember again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel, Psalm 7841. All right, now, now you've got to understand uh, that is a, a prophetic word about the Israelites in the desert. The reason the Israelites had to go through the desert period for 40 years was because they were grumbling, and they were unhappy, and they were miserable, and they didn't like the manna after they had it for a while. And they were like, come on, this, this, this is just awful. I, I, it sucks balut. I, 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 you know, I want a nice steak. Okay, why, why do we got to be here? And then God was like, What? Would you like to go back to Egypt and make bricks? See, that's the problem. If we don't learn how to get past the behavior, the thoughts, look, it's in your heart, man. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. If you're even feeling that way in your heart, oh, my gosh, guess what? You're, you are one of the Israelites. You're limiting what God can do in your life. Raising my hand. Guilty as charged. Right? I'm guilty. Guilty, 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 guilty. And you know what else? Anybody who thinks that they're not guilty is guilty of presumptuous sin. Right? <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. Hey! Wake up! All right. Praise Jesus. So it goes on. It says, no, no matter what happens, no matter how you feel, this is the prophecy. I have not forsaken you, and I will never forsake you. It will be at this time that you must strengthen your faith in my word, the Bible. Read, 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 read. Stop going out into the minefield. Stop going out into the YouTube minefield. It's too late to be doing that. But, you know, nobody listens to me anyway. So, uh, But anyway, um, and in my personal words spoken to you, just because you may not be able to feel me for a short span or see the result of your prayers being answered the way that you think they ought to, um, know that I am with you regardless of your feelings, and I will bring you through it. Doesn't say I will fix the problem, does it? No, it does not. Now, if you think for a minute that wasn't from the Lord... <laughs> You're not paying attention. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. Praise God. Now, I'm going to try to play this. Uh, I don't know if I have it queued up. Let me see. No, I don't have it queued up. So I'm going to have to click the link right here and try to queue it up. The audio was really quiet on this one. I tried to 
play it earlier, but that's real, hold on a second. All right. So for whatever reason, um, okay. So I'm going to try to bring. Hold on. Let me just see if I can adjust the volume on the system. I got to really because when even when I was listening to the audio on this uh, prior to the show, I was like, "Wow, is this really, really awfully, awfully quiet?" All right. So I'm. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the audio up loud enough that you'll be able to hear it. But I'm. I'm going to try. I'm going to mute my mic. Mike, I want to hear it. Listen. You know what this is? This is Tucker Carlson talking to a man about something that's going down in Pennsylvania right now where federal agents are being sent by the shape-shifting reptilian that refers to itself as Biden. And all you got to do is go to tribulation-now.org, and you will see his eyes turn into a viper's eyes, which, by the way, is called out in the Testament of Reuben and Testament of Amaran. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> but uh, I'm gonna, hopefully you'll be able to hear this. I wish I could you know, turn up the volume, but there's no way I can. I'm, I'm already at full, full volume. So here we go. All right, I'm going to try. Here we go. Who are they exactly? We have um, the U.S. Marshal Service recently raided Amos Miller's um, organic and holistic farm, um, demanding he cease operations, and they charged him, as you said, with $300,000 of fines, economically crippling the man. Um, and what's happening is you have um, the armed federal agents are demanding he stop uh, food production because of the meat, and you have him saying, well, you know what, I want to keep farming. So you have this back and forth between the giant empire of the U.S. federal government and this tiny little farm in Burdenhead, Pennsylvania. So they went after gyms, organic farmers, and churches. So maybe they're against anything that's wholesome and edifying that makes you stronger and healthier and in favor of everything that diminishes you and makes you more dependent. I'm just sensing a theme here. Do you see this? Yeah, and another thing the community says is that they're coming after Amos to set an example. They're coming after an independent, successful farmer who um, takes out the government middlemen and provides food directly to his community and his people. Now, by taking out the middlemen, by taking out the government, you're taking power away and taking leverage away from the government and putting that power and leverage in the hands of the community and the farmers and the people. And another thing I'll add is Amos's farm doesn't use any gasoline or any fertilizer. Now, as you know, these commodities have become very expensive because of Biden's policies in regards to the war in Ukraine and Russia. So Amos has completely um, eliminate, eliminated any risk coming from um, the international or domestic politics of the Biden administration. And, you know, they're coming after him for it. Maybe if he promises to put more chemicals in the milk that turn kids trans, they'll lay off. Did any of the federal marshals decline to raid an Amish organic farm on principle, or did they all just go along with this? Do you know? All I know is that um, many federal agents did not um, decline to go and did go along with it and raided the farm and took inventory of Amos's um, farm to make sure that he doesn't sell or produce any more meat. You know, I, we're for law enforcement, broadly speaking, but there's such a thing as conscience. Okay, now in that case, hold on a second. Now I got to adjust the mixer because I had to crank up every single rheostat here uh, to try to get that audio. I don't know if you heard it very well, but it, it would have been very quiet. Uh, and, but it's just the audio on the YouTube. Uh, federal agents pick their next target: the Amish. Can you believe that? This is my home. This is my hometown. This is, this is where I'm from. All right, this is where I go up at Christmas time to meet with my sisters who, you know, are <laughs> love them pillow prophets. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Right, kids? Okay. 
All right, praise God. All right, now we're going to go into the news. More stuff. All right, praise God. United States conducts airstrikes on groups affiliated with the IRGC in Syria, according to the Pentagon reports. Okay, so again, uh, it says right here, U.S. forces have delivered airstrikes on infrastructure used by groups with links to the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, they're announcing. All right, praise God, and that's supposedly what's going on, but who knows? Who knows when you're being told the truth? It's hard, isn't it? This is a very dark day, isn't it? All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You're on the boat. You're on the boat. Be joyful. Be happy. I know it's a, you know, paradox. All right, praise God. Next one up. Russia armed at deteriorating situation in the Korean Peninsula, diplomats say. And again, it says uh, Russia has raised concerns about, the situ- concerns about the situation on the Korean Peninsula, which has escalated in connection with the resumption of joint military drills by the United States and the Republic of Korea. Uh, Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zarakov, uh, no, no, Zakharova, Zakharova, said in a commentary released on Wednesday, which you will never hear in the United States about. Babylon, Satanic the Great. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I vent? <laughs> that actually was just meant for emphasis. I, I wasn't having an outburst of anger like it says in uh, you know, Galatians 5.19. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Next one up. California to ban the sale of new gasoline cars. Now, this doesn't happen until a long time from now. And if we're still here by 2035... I'm going to shave my head, get myself an orange robe, and walk around and give daisies to people, I think. All right? In the name of Jesus. All right, next thing up. Hallelujah. Man tests positive for COVID, monkeypox, after HIV. uh, Oh, no, no. And HIV after a trip to Spain. Scientists have reported the first known case of a person testing positive for monkeypox, COVID-19, and HIV at the same time. 36-year-old Italian male. Yep. Uh, Next one up. Hallelujah. All right, the right thing to do. Biden announces student debt relief for millions of borrowers. So they're getting ready to pump $300 million of taxpayers' dollars into, you know, all they're doing is they're winning votes. Look, Gen Z, it's not Gen Zers, is it? Yeah, I think it is Gen Zers and, and probably Gen Xers. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, they don't they don't understand things. They, they just don't. They don't get it. Uh, and unfortunately, that that's just how it is. And we got to live with it. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And again, uh, the next headline is... All right. Um, hallelujah. Congress admits that UFOs are Congress. Congress. Congress admits that UFOs are not man-made. Says uh, says uh, threats. Says it also says the Congress also says that the threats are increasing exponentially. You're good. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. That's a fact, Jack. Hallelujah. Next one up. The United States Sun, or the U.S. Sun, uh, reports that viral spread warning as health chief says monkeypox cases are evading the jabs. Well, anybody who doesn't realize, uh, we've already quoted you the insider information and the reports that there is an overwhelming uh, collection of evidence that indicates that the monkeypox 
um, is another bioweapon, uh, gain-of-function bioweapon that is being launched upon mankind. It doesn't – monkeypox is exceedingly rare. and Not anymore. Why is that? Gain-of-function. Fauci is the world's – I saw a little meme that said this out, out on the internet because I probe around on Twitter now and then and look at different places and, you know, just to check in. And um, one, of, one of the memes said that, that Dr. Fauci is the greatest um, mass murderer in the history of the world. I'm like, well, it's not just him, but yeah, he's definitely somebody who should be at the Nuremberg trials for sure. All right, him and him and the whole group of them. Now, every one of the global St. Anne's crime syndicate is unbelievable. All right, but anyway, on and on and on we go. Where it stops, nobody knows. Next one up. The United States registers largest global rise in monkeypox cases as diseases spread to all 50 states. Well, they don't tell you it's only like one or two per state or whatever, but still. You see where they're heading with this. And, of course, they're scheduling me to fly out to whereversville. I'm not going to say where. Uh, but, uh, actually, it's I, I can. It's Phoenix. Uh, and I, I, it's like one of my least favorite places in the whole wide world. Why do I keep having to go to Phoenix? I don't like it there. Uh, it's too hot. Okay? If you've got to put, like, five-ton air conditioners on 1,000-square-foot houses, there's something wrong. Okay. But, anyway, now that I spoke my piece, next headline. Elephant rips handler in half after heat drives it crazy. They're, they're saying it was heat, or was it the uh, manifestation or the prophetic revelation of the end statement of the fourth seal, where it says that even the beast of the, uh, of the field. So it says, you know, uh, so again, it, it, it clumps a lot of World War III and creepy end time stuff into the fourth seal. So it's it's a it's a combination of you know kind of like all of the above, and we're seeing these things happening again in parallel, okay? Which by the way completely messes with our ability to try to put into any kind of order uh, what's going to happen first, second, third, and fourth. You know, unless it's biblical and you can say, okay, right here the Bible says this is going to happen first. You know that kind of thing. But but again, the seals, even the seals. I used to think that the seals would have to be first, second, third, then fourth, then fifth. You know, like that. The only one that we know that's going to be after the rest of them and not roll out in parallel is the six, because that's a day of the Lord. That's 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 the big reckoning point. All right. That's when everything shifts. And then it goes into the great tribulation after Revelation 617. And the day of his wrath has come. And who is able to stand? Which aligns with first uh, Thessalonians 5, 9, where it says we are not appointed to wrath. But you have to spiritually discern it, because if you ask a theologian who's been trained by a college, he will tell you, oh, you're taking it out of context. You don't know what you're talking about. And all I have to say is. All right. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Australia tells Russia to clear out of the embassy site. Okay, and, and, and again, you just see it increasing. They will be given and taken to marriage. They will be given and taken to marriage. One will be working in the field. The other one taken. One will be sleeping in the bed. And the other taken. One will be, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Blah, 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 blah. You know what? What, what happened in World War II? Were people giving and taking marriage when almost all of Europe was completely conquered? When, when there were uh, air raids uh, slaughtering people in the United Kingdom? And Roosevelt, a 33rd degree mason with Henry Wallace, who was a Satanist, who was busy talking to Nicholas Rorick about how he can put Satanic symbols on the back of the new $1 bill? Don't think that Roosevelt was a good guy. He wasn't. Doggone it. As a matter of fact, if you understand the founding of the United States of Babylon the Great, you would understand that it was satanically founded. But 
I'm not going to get into that because there's too many people that'll, you know, that are from the prior generation of me, and they're going to be like, they'll be like, no, you don't understand. Look, the only godly people during the Revolutionary War were the Quakers. Simple as that. Okay, not said. And if there were any Amish people out there uh, having the feds rush them and take away all their ability to, what is that about? That is just too creepy for words. That is like, you know, right down the road from my house where I grew up. All right, praise God. Next one up. All right, praise you, Jesus. Okay, one in 1,000-year flood is occurring in Dallas right now. Hallelujah. And that's pretty scary. And by the way, the floods are all over the world. Floods are all over the world while there are droughts taking place, while there are fires taking place, while there are volcanoes popping off, while there's, all, you know, Papacata Petal had a big explosion just the other day. Papacata Petal, Papacata Petal. I mean, it's like everything is happening at the same time. What does that mean? I don't know. Does it mean we're leaving earlier? A lot of people would think so. I don't know. I kind of wonder. I'm setting my sights pretty much on 2024, Trump running again, uh, you know, the, the whole casket thing, civil war breaking out, and then, and then things just going way out of control really fast. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Number of refugees arriving in Russia from Donbass and the Ukraine are exceeding 3.6 million. That is a lot. That is a lot of people. 3.6 million people are like, we're going to just go ahead and move to Russia. And you know why? Because Nazis that are in the Ukraine, the Azov Battalion, are still shelling them. Oh, alongside of our, the United States Special Forces, you see. Yeah, and CIA operatives, and all that kind of fun stuff. I even have a picture of Zbigniew uh, Brzezinski uh, teaching uh, uh, Osama bin Laden how to shoot an M16. Okay, figure that one out. All right, praise God. I have that photograph. All right, next one up. The Epic Times reports, United States Embassy alerts all Americans still in the Ukraine, leave immediately. Oh, no, it sounds scary. Okay, next one up. Protesters surround the New Zealand parliament. And then, they, and then one person jumps in, you know, because they, they estimated the number was to be like way, way, they said it was like 2,000 people. And one of the people on the scene was like, no, 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 no. It's closer to 10,000 people. It's closer to 10,000 people. Okay, because, you know, they're sick of New Zealand being destroyed. New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand. Boy, it's a good thing that Chuck Misler, when he left to go to New Zealand, thinking that uh, that the scripture where it says, uh, "Come out of her," uh, you know, "Come out of her, uh, Babylon," uh, you know, um, uh, and, and so that you don't take take part in her sins and such. Well, Misler thought that that was literal, so he moves off to, to, to New Zealand. Okay, but the Lord took him home. It's a good thing because if he was there right now, he'd be like, "This this would be Chuck Misler right now." Okay, Hallelujah. And I I'm sure he's probably Chuck, he's probably in the cloud of witnesses right now laughing. Hallelujah. Yeah, this would be this one. Yep. All right, praise God. Yeah, he'd be there going, what went wrong? I thought I was supposed to get out of Babylon the Great. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Um, and uh, next one up. DR Congo rushes to contain a resurfacing uh, Ebola outbreak amidst, get this, deadly anti-United Nations protests. So they got thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are so busy protesting the United Nations stuff that they're all getting infected with Ebola. And if this blows out of control with all the plane traffic and everything else that's coming back and forth, oh my goodness gracious, what could it be? What could happen? What will I don't? Oh my. And then I'll be in Phoenix with nothing wrong with me, because I have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ at my disposal. 
and I rebuke it, and it can't touch me because the Bible says nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I ain't worried in the slightest. I haven't caught nothing yet, and I ain't going to catch nothing. Yet. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. United Kingdom endures largest GDP, GDP drop. That's gross domestic product. That's the stuff. That's the money that helps them to keep their economy operating. The greatest, large. It's the largest gross domestic product drop in over three hundred years. Now, if you don't think that's a big deal, ushering in. The collective end of the third seal pretty soon. Well, guess what? But, but you know what? It's going to hit Babylon the Great, too. Yep. How soon? Maybe sooner than we think. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Praise God. Next one up. All right. Fauci announces he's stepping down as NAIAD Director, Medical Advisor to Biden. You know, and I'm thinking to myself... Wait a minute. Wait. No, 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 no. Right when it's getting to the point where they're going to throw you in jail for 5,000 years, you're making a run for it. <laughs> but that's what reptilians do. All right. Next one up. Fox News power rankings. Republican House majority. Listen to this. This is scary stuff, folks. Fox News is very pro-Republican. At least they appear to be that way, but they're playing us. You know, they're a bunch of liars as everybody else is. Liar, liar, pants on fire. But, you know, um, but listen to this. Listen to what they're saying. Republican House majority shrinks as Democrats score key victories. I'm going to read this again. The Republican House majority shrinks as score key victories. And then the, the banner across the bottom of the screen is Dems gain momentum cut into GOP lead. All right. Praise God. Next one up. Mitch McConnell, according to this headline, Mitch McConnell sounds an alarm to the Republicans. And boy, what is he? I don't know what he is. He's weird, but he's definitely not a Republican. He's one of them. There's no doubt about it. Now, whether or not he's a shapeshifter or not, we'll probably have to ask Robert Vandrius Mitchell. Maybe he knows. I don't even want to go there. All right, but anyway, it says, chances of retaking the Senate in the 2022 midterms. So basically, McConnell's going out, and he's he's speaking it forth, and he's telling everybody, it doesn't look like we're going to retake the the Senate in the midterms. It doesn't look like we're going to make it. It doesn't look like we're going to make it. But McConnell's always been like that. He's, hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll stop right there because I, my temptation to say other things that I should not say. Okay. Uh, anyway, so next one up. All right. The Epic Times reports that Trump responds to McConnell after leader warns the Republican voters about the midterms. And it says right here, former President Donald Trump responded to the recent comments issued by Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, about the Republicans possibly not retaking it. And it says in a post on Truth Social, Trump said the Kentucky senator is a broken down political hack. See, now I can say it because it wasn't me. Next one up. New York reports first juvenile monkeypox case. Oh, no, it's getting to the little kids. We're all put on your mask. Just glue a mask. Put like 10 or 15 masks on and glue them all on there. Get some Gorilla Glue and just make sure that you can't breathe. If you can't breathe, it'll be much better for you. Really, it'll be better for you. You don't want to be able to breathe. You want to get sick. You want to, you want to take as many shots. Whatever. For crying out loud. It's like unbelievable. You're good. No, 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 no. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. Uh, Next one up. Spain's hydroelectric generation reportedly drops to record lows in 30 years due to droughts. 
Spain. Okay, so I got a, you know, I mean, you know, it's 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 all over the world. It's it's unbelievable, and 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 a lot of people can't see it. They can be in Spain, but they can be in part of Spain. They can't see that stuff is happening. Just like where I'm at, all I'm getting is thunderstorms, 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 lightning strikes, thunderstorms, lightning strikes, thunderstorms, snake lanes. I hate it. I hate it. But anyway. Hey, it is what it is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. That's what we got to keep reminding ourselves, and we got to be ready. All right, praise God. Next one up. European gas costs soar as Nord Stream shutdown looms. Looms? I didn't even know the thing was still up and running. Uh, but, uh, you know, see, there's a lot of uh, – Germany is uh, – turning against a lot of the European states are starting to turn against Austria never did join in, uh, you know, and they're they're They want the, uh, the, the Nord Stream to be open. They want Russia. But you know what? You got the you got the Nazis in the Ukraine that are blowing up, uh, you know, the pumps and things. They're the ones that are every time that you see something in the news, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Every time you see something in the news like uh, the, like Russia is trying to blow up the uh, blankety blankety blank. Uh, you know, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. I, I got to get uh, Tatiana to help me out with that. But anyway, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, nuclear power plant is like the biggest one in the entire world. It's them. They're doing it themselves. They're saying, look, the Russians did it. Look, the Russians did it. Look, the Russians did it. And then we're over there with our CIA. And uh, anyway, I've been through this a thousand times and it's just it's, it's annoying i just kind of secretly wish russia would just be done with it but you know that, that's just me you know i wish that i could just go outside and sit on the roof of my house with a good pair of binoculars which i happen to have by the way and just kind of like watch um tu-95 bombers cruising over my house dropping bombs <laughs> you know I, I i wouldn't be in the slightest bit afraid I would be. I'd even take my doggies. I don't know how. I gotta get like some kind of a thing that they can walk up so they can hang out on the roof with me. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Criminal barristers. Now, a barrister in England, you have to understand, is a lawyer. So these, let's translate it into Americanese. Criminal lawyers in England and Wales are going on strike. Criminal lawyers in England and Wales have voted in favor of an all-out strike next month in a row. Uh, in a row, okay. So if you translate the word "row" from the United Kingdom, what that means is in a in a disagreement, okay, with the United Kingdom government over jobs and pay. Okay, so everybody's rebelling, just like Jesus said. Wars, rumors, wars, riots, chaos, mayhem is everywhere. We can't escape it. No matter where you go, you can't hide from it. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that is Perry. And that's an understatement. Next one up. American farmers are killing their own crops and selling cows because of extreme droughts. Oh, no. I even saw a report that said that one uh, group was estimating that beef is going to go to $50 a pound. So I'm kind of thinking uh, I'm going to buy myself a chuck roast pretty much every payday for a while and just kind of put them in the freezer out. In the... I just hope that I don't have another freezer breakdown. Boy, that was awful. I lost a lot of meat. Oh, my goodness. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. China sends memos to citizens telling them to stockpile for war. Oh, that sounds scary. Next one up, inflation bomb. American households spending over $700 more per month due to inflation. Whoa, that's a lot. I remember back when I was struggling to get by, if I got clipped with a $700 increase in my cost of living back then, <laughs> I'd be missing rent payments. 
I mean, I would. There's no way. Even after I filed bankruptcy back in 1993, because I was very irresponsible and liked credit cards and, you know, was exactly what my dad said. Son, you have champagne taste on a beer pocketbook. I was like, but dad. Learned my lesson. Now I'm in the 800s. Thank you, Jesus. All right, well, at least according to a couple of the agencies. But anyway, they never agree. I wonder why that is. All right, praise Jesus, hallelujah. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Peterson. And don't believe a word he says. That guy's nuts. And ate some and no degradation in taste whatsoever. 
I certainly didn't detect uh, there, any there change is, in taste. There are Amish people in my cul-de-sac marching through the streets with signs, Stop Peterson now. Stop Peterson now. <laughs> <laughs> They're marching around. So, they got that funky thing where they got the beard without a mustache. What's up with that? Anyway, oh, go ahead. No. <laughs> well, anyway, I kept this particular group of foodstuffs I kept in uh, the, the closet where they're at is uh, in a very um, – it's in the basement, and it's a very controlled environment. So it's not um, – you know, some places you might have temperature swings of cold and heat. Well, this is a temperature, same temperature all year round and same humidity, that kind of thing. So it's, it's the same temperature, same humidity. But I thought I'd throw that out there for people who've stored things for a long time. Now, if you have canned goods, that could be a different story or canned goods, bottled goods. But in this particular case of cornflakes, no degradation of taste. And I would venture to say they're even far more healthier from back then that cornflakes today because now we've got genetic, much more genetically modified corn and everything else, you know, and all the glyphosates have been sprayed on uh, the, the corn and the fields over the years. It accumulates over time and it gets more and more deadly and stuff, glyphosates. Um, <clears throat> so for those of you who have prepped for a long time and have things for a long time, um, it may be a good thing, you know. <clears throat> So I thought I'd throw that out there. And then there's a couple of, um, let's see, where have I got it? I can remember quickly. Yep, okay. A couple of articles this past week. I'll just um, mention the title and not go reading on them or or anything about it. Mention the title and a few comments. So one of them is Human Embryos Without Heads to Be Grown in Mechanical Wombs. If you thought life, you know, couldn't get any weirder, you know, <laughs> there you go. Human embryos without heads to be grown in mechanical wombs. And the purpose is to grow parts for people. So, you know, if your kidneys go bad, you just grow, you know, clone, I suppose, of yourself in this mechanical womb and without, of course, uh, your head on <laughs> your clone, a headless clone, right? So you can grow a, a part. Uh, you know, a kidney. Well, <clears throat> from what I've read, heard, and uh, currently understand is during the embryo development, about the eighth day is when the soul enters in from somewhere, you know, and it fixes itself to that embryo. Um, <clears throat> so what these scientists are doing, do they have any realization of this process that on the eighth day that a soul enters in? And even if they, you know, we know, know of people born without limbs, you know, maybe they're born without arms or legs or whatever, and they, you know, they grow, they develop, and uh, hopefully uh, some of them adapt to life and uh, become productive. Some things you can adapt, it's just um, heartbreaking, you know, they, they can't find a way but uh, on the good side of science and technology uh, some scientists are developing means you know um, mechanical means uh, technological means to help them adapt to a more modern life to overcome those uh, missing limbs and things well can you imagine um, being a human soul or whatever soul but you're entering into this embryo and you're being brought to full term 
as though you're born out of this mechanical womb and you're brought to uh, some kind of full term where an organ can be harvested, but during this whole time you are conscious, even without a, a head, a human head, whatever soul you are, you're conscious of the body you're in, this avatar suit you're in. So it reminds me of growing up in the farm, and some, some folks have grown up on the farm or you're around farms where you've seen this happen, especially back in the old days, you know, before um, factory chicken farms, okay, where when they put chickens to death on factory farms, it's uh, done uh, mechanically and systematically and everything. But back in the old days, if you're just a family farm, you uh, try to go run after a chicken and grab it, and then you crank it, literally crank its head off. (laughs) That's one way. Or if you can have two people... There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. <laughs> yeah, so I'll get a couple uh, people and then you grab the chicken and one holds the chicken in place, the other one takes an axe and chops its head off. But then the uh, body of the chicken goes flapping around all over the place and blood squirting out of its neck all over the place. And then the, the chicken head is still moving, the beak is moving, everything, because there's still life, you know. So if there's any kind of soul to a chicken, does the soul of the chicken know that its head's been chopped off and that it's uh, uh, not going to be functional for very long, you know? So with these human embryos without heads, whatever soul entity enters into these embryos and then it's brought to full term, will they be aware that they don't have heads but yet be functional? We have cases uh, where um, some people have been like born with maybe with very little brain material in their head, and yet they're fully functional, which is which bedazzles scientists because they think you know all that gray matter is what's needed for, to be fully functional. But there's some people maybe they're born that way, or maybe they've been in an accident and uh, lost lost that, but then they were able to regain functions without that gray matter or without the gray matter being functional they're able to regain their functionality so the idea that the the full fullness of the human experience resides in the brain and the head may not be entirely true okay so when we think that think and know that there's a soul with you know our souls are within these avatar suits and so we have a soul that can be separated. That's part of astral projections. You separate those who have mastered astral projection have separated their souls from their bodies uh, to go out there in the astral plane. And then they come back into their bodies. So <clears throat> this also raises the question as, okay, would a human soul necessarily enter into these embryos, or would a soul of another entity, which we would commonly call demons, but could be 
the entities of the former giants that are still around or maybe a fallen angel or, you know, whatever concoction <laughs> that is out there, right, enters into these embryos and brought to full term. And so they might have human organs, but the soul that's within that body, big question mark, okay? So these scientists that are going down that path are opening up a Pandora's box of horrors, house of horrors, that's my opinion. Next article is Global Warming Spawn the Age of Reptiles. Um, this was, I found this on What's Up With That website, What's Watts, W-I-T-T-S, up with that. Global warming spawned age of reptiles. So way, way, way back then, before the dinosaur era, there was a, a, a fairly good balance between mammals and reptiles as they were way back then, a fair balance between the two groups. But global warming happened, and lo, there was no mankind at that time, right? So there's no factories, no none of this stuff, uh, but global warming still happened. So global warming has been going on and off throughout Earth's history. Okay? So it's not a recent phenomenon. Uh, so global warming happened, and what, what happened in short here is that it gave the reptiles of that time the upper hand to gain a better foothold against the mammals. And so these reptiles, uh, you could say evolved, but we as Christians don't like to use the word evolution. So what it is is the ability to do to for what happened was already in the genomes of these reptiles. But the environmental factors kept these abilities in check. It's called natural selection or gene expression through natural selection. So when the environment changed, when it warmed up, allowed certain genetics within the various reptilian species to gain the upper, to become expressed. And so what happened is new reptiles formed and grew to gigantic sizes. Their age, uh, the age of the dinosaurs was born from this global warming. Now, so how does that tie in today? Well, we know that there's shape-shifting reptilians in the world today, shape-shifting reptilians. And could that be that they're the ones who fear global warming? Because, see, they have adapted themselves to the current environment from for thousands of years now to the current global uh, environmental structure. And so they, they live to uh, learn to live within the means, okay, and keep it under wraps. And part of the reason they can shapeshift in the human form is because they drink our blood, you know, the blood sacrifices and blood banks and stuff, and child and human sacrifices to gain the blood, the hormones, etc., that are in our human blood is what enables them to maintain a human shapeshift and maintain their human form. But there's also probably the environmental factors. So what if this global warming is something they fear? because then it would trigger these recessive genetics, these genes that have been turned off for thousands of years now would be turned on, and they would no longer be able to maintain their human form. Even though they're drinking human blood, they would not still be able to maintain their human form. They would be revealed for who they truly are. (laughs) 
So just get ready for that reality, folks. If you're like sitting in office meeting or sitting in a pew in church and all of a sudden, you know, the person next to you or across the table or the pastor or somebody starts to shapeshift, can't shift, shapeshift back in human form quick enough and it's like gasp. The whole congregation sees the pastor shapeshift into reptilian form <laughs> or maybe the boss or maybe, you know, Aunt Mary or somebody, you know. So just get ready, folks, because it's global warming. They fear it. They want they want to take this planet back to the ice age to prevent this from happening to them and even more so they want to take this planet back to Genesis 1 verse 2 to where the earth had become without form and void of life they'd be happy if everything on this planet was destroyed so that's their ultimate agenda um Beyond self-preservation, they have their plans to get off this planet before it's rendered back to Genesis 1, verse 2. But if we uh, have a proper understanding of Genesis 1, verse 2, i.e. the angel wars, how that impacted our own solar system and specifically our own planet that we're living on, then we can connect the dots that that's exactly where they want to bring this planet back to is that status, that state of destruction all right so i'll move over to now to the um what we're talking about tonight so i'm going to read a few scriptures about rahab as a recap and swing into leviathan and behemoth okay isaiah 51 verse 9 awake awake put on strength o arm of the lord awake as in days of old the generations of long ago was it not you who cut rahab in pieces who pierced the dragon okay so in this you know god cut rahab to pieces and rahab is referred to as a dragon so does that sound to anybody like a dragon is a planet okay it's like calling a dog a horse or a dog is a rock or something you know yeah just um a dragon is a dragon you know <clears throat> so and then uh See, Job 26, 12b and 13b, by his, that's God's understanding, he shattered Rahab, and his hand pierced the fleeing serpent. So here Rahab is described as a fleeing serpent. Does a planet flee the scene of a crime? Okay. Um, as a living being would? Okay. Uh, Psalm 89:10a, you crushed Rahab like a carcass. Okay, so then I said that um, the following could be suggested: with his arm, as God's arm, Isaiah referring to Isaiah 51:9, lifted high, and his sore and great and strong sword. That's quoting from Isaiah 27:1. Firmly in hand, with a mighty thrust, God pierced Rahab, as he will one day to Leviathan disabling the fleeing serpent from escaping the battle to a place of safety and critically wounding the dragon from being able to fight back. God then crushed Rahab like a carcass 
referring to Psalm 89:10, in which Rahab became broken and shattered, that's Job 26:12, but still intact sufficiently to exhibit life. God finally finished off Rahab by cutting it to pieces, Isaiah 51:9, to ensure that nothing of the dragon would nor could ever survive to be resurrected and placed back into service of the Luciferian angel wars. Although Lucifer and his remaining forces have tried since then, and continue so to this day with genetics and artificial intelligent quantum computers to put his second-in-command back together again to resurrect Rahab. They have been unable to do so. So complete was God's destruction of Rahab. The pieces of Rahab, however, have been kept on reserve by God ever since for his divinely appointed purposes, specifically for a time that would be long into the future, the time and season we are now in. The unfolding of the six seals of Revelation and in the not-too-distant future that follows, the seventh seal judgments of the wrath of the Lamb of God. Okay, so a lot of people think that like Rahab, Leviathan, BMS were um, creatures on this earth, physical creatures, some kind of big, huge, like dinosaur type of creatures or something from long ago. And, um, but, um, okay, so we think uh, Jesus said it's in the days of Noah. Okay, so we're in the, as in the days of Noah now. So we're doing the very things today that as in the days of Noah were doing back then. Okay, so if if there was a behemoth, if there was a Leviathan, if there was a Rahab, a physical-type creature back then before the flood, a physical creature that God, creatures that God had created on the fifth day and then sixth day, so <clears throat> that that mankind could not, was powerless to defeat them. And it took God to defeat them. You know, this is a pre-flood world, okay? Well, Adam and Eve created that 100% DNA activation and 12 strands at that. Does that sound like they were weak? Does that sound like they were doofuses? <laughs> they couldn't uh, find their back ends with both both hands. They couldn't figure out how to feed themselves or how to 2 plus 2 equals 4. That God kept them in such dire ignorance that uh, Lucifer had pity on them and his fallen ones, and so they liberated Adam and Eve from that awful God in the garden, you know. So they have Luciferian enlightenment, okay, to better themselves. And so the fallen ones, the 200 watchers, came down to enlighten mankind with the wisdom from the stars, you know. Uh, do you think Adam and Eve and their descendants were that bad off, cave, worse than cavemen, worse than an amoeba even, that if Adam and Eve were created in God's exact image and likeness, that would imply that God himself is a doofus. Okay, but people don't connect those dots, see, they only go so far in their thinking skills and then that's it. And let's go back to, you know, whatever they're doing, whatever they're thinking. <clears throat> No, so if if today we look at today's military capabilities, okay, and we've got weapons systems that have not even been made public, and even President Putin over there in Russia said we've got weapons systems over here that have never been made public yet. And when we do make them public, 
it's going to be too late for the recipients to respond to them. Okay, it's going to be a game-changing weapons technologies. The Russians all this time, and uh, you know, the common view over here in the West is they're a bunch of vodka drinkers and uh, womanizers, and you know, just total debauchery. And but they're not highly skilled, highly trained, very much aware of what's going on in the world, and very much aware of what's been going on in past generations. And so they've developed in secret, while we over here, th- you know, look down our noses at the Russians, they've been secretly developing these weapon systems that are based on ancient technologies that we find in the Bible, find in the angel wars. They haven't been sleeping. They haven't been drinking themselves into oblivion. They've been quietly going going to work, developing these things to gain the upper hand. When push comes to shove, okay. Uh, they have got the game-changing weapons platforms. Now, that, those same types of weapons systems, and even things that we're aware of here in the United States military, it's like how 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 much more efficient do you have to get? You know, with like guns and bombs and everything to kill millions more people. Okay, uh, and one single, you know, it gets into insane levels. You know. <laughs> But once you understand, again, like I said earlier, that the uh, uh, powers that be in this planet, once they're off, you know, off this planet, want to render it back to Genesis 1, verse 2 status. Just a smoldering chunk of rock in the cosmos, <laughs> unlivable once again. Okay, that's what they want to return this planet to. So, <clears throat> but what if... What is the uh, military of the world are very well aware of the giants that will one day come back out of stasis in their deep underground chambers, um, come out of stasis and terrorize the planet once again? And these are huge giants. And as well as giants from thousands of years ago during Noah's time and before, uh, Genesis chapter 6, you know, chapter 6 time, that are in an alternate parallel dimensional universe still in existence, still doing what they're saying because time is an illusion. Time is simply the room next to the room you're in. So, you know, on the one hand, yesterday is yesterday, but on the other hand, yesterday is still today. And tomorrow is tomorrow, and yet tomorrow is today. Okay. Uh, It's a different way of looking at the time, time sequence, time frames. Okay, so what happened thousands of years, again, Jesus made the reference, as in the days of Noah. Okay, so we're developing those very same technologies, and those same realities are coming online on the forefront. So giants that have been in the stasis all this time, as well as giants in these alternate dimensional realities all around us 24-7 will appear from out of nowhere, so to speak. And so if you're a, a military on the planet, that maybe uh, maybe you th- you're in you think you're in control of this phenomenon and going to use it as the ultimate weapons system, you know, like su- super duper giant soldiers, you know, or something uh, that are impervious to uh, human weapons. But if you're an opposition military and you know about this, then you're going to develop the weapons that can take them down. That to take down, that's just way over the top to take down human people. 
but would not be over the top to take down three, four hundred foot giants. Okay, or the the Anunnaki when they return. So there's this thing called self-preservation. So even though you know our militaries of the world are well, here in the United States for sure are compromised. Okay, um, yet there is some semblance even those who've betrayed our nation, the United States, there is still some semblance of self-preservation within them. The question is, will it be too late when they wake up? Okay, uh, be too late. Uh, but their fates will be sealed to their own destruction. Um, <clears throat> so self-preservation is a motivating factor. So even though they try, try to militarize everything on the planet and find ways to kill and destroy more effectively, you know, and uh, force multiplication, Think if all those resources were devoted to healing and feeding and the benefit of mankind instead of trying to find better ways to destroy mankind. But again, the world the world is in the hands of the wicked one and his minions, and they want to return this planet to Genesis 1, verse 2. And the earth had become without form and void of life, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. They want to extinguish every bit of life and light on this planet and in the solar system. Okay. Um, so these beings, if they were physical beings, and if Adam and Eve had 100%, and even after they fell into sin, 95, 98% DNA activation, maybe two of their um, strands of DNA were uh, diminished, Still operating at ten, full full operation at ten. Okay, ten strands DNA. Let's say, for example, in ninety-five, ninety-eight percent of all that DNA activated. So does that sound like they were all of a sudden from genius to dupus, or from Superman down to an amoeba, amoeba strength? They were still awesomely strong, and even in their own abilities, they could have done things like built pyramids and and washed out in a space. So the enemy knew this about mankind, even in a fallen state, and so wanted to get ahead of the narrative. So they sent down 200 watchers to corrupt mankind. Now, that corruption had already occurred from the serpent interaction with Eve, and there's a story behind that. Why did he go after Eve and not Adam? Because Eve had the womb. God had mandated, in short, God had mandated to Adam and Eve to have dominion over this entire planet. That includes dominion over the serpent and its race that was already here before Adam and Eve were brought into this planet. Okay, so we were meant to have dominion over the serpent. A serpent is a credibly wise creature and been around a long time. Uh, and during the angel wars, and uh, concocted a plan to fail God's mandate for mankind. So the way to fail that was to usurp Eve's womb. He had to get to her womb before Adam did. So his mission um, number one was to schmooze her, to gain her trust, her confidence, even maybe her love, and by whatever means, he eventually ended up raping her and inseminate her with his own sperm DNA matrix 
to create the first human-alien hybrid, the human-serpent hybrid, who who became known as Cain. That was firstborn of Eve, but not firstborn of Adam. Then Abel later became firstborn of Adam. And Abel maintained the seed of the promise. But Cain usurped the, the rights of the firstborn. Cain was never meant to be, according to God's plan. Abel was meant to be firstborn and the seed of the promise. Had that happened, had Adam and Eve not fallen into sin through the serpent and maintained their focus on their mission, the mission, why God put them here, then it's possible that none of us would have entered into sin. We would have been a overcoming race of mankind with full dominion maintained ever since Adam and Eve, full dominion, and carry on the mission throughout this planet. God would have never had to trigger a global flood to wipe everything and everybody out except Noah and his family and whatever was on the ark. And mankind would have continued on, and at some point, the human population would have reached overload to this planet. According to Enoch, this planet, prior to the flood, was six parts land, one part water. So it was well capable of supporting a huge population load of human beings, much more than we have today for population load. And the environment was so much different back then that even though when the Adam and Eve sinned, thorns and thistles, but there was still, you know, still an ideal environment compared to what we have after the flood. So it was much easier to have, you know, a huge population load and not run out of food for everybody, except when the giants were introduced with their giant appetites. Then eventually it became impossible to keep them fed, and eventually they even turned against one another and into cannibalism. And uh, they were dorking around with DNA back then prior to the flood, just like we're doing today, dorking around with DNA and all kinds of chimeric hybrids and everything, just <laughs> doing weird stuff, probably even like this headless embryo business, you know, that scientists today want to do. They were probably doing that back then, as in the days of Noah. As in the days of Noah, everything we're doing today most likely pretty much is what they were doing back then in the pre-flood world. So does that sound like they were uneducated or lacked technology, Okay, lacked ability, uh, lacked the brain cell capacity to add 2 plus 2 equals 4? Or did were they so advanced that they were well capable, even mankind, even by itself, even in its fallen state, to launch out into space and establish colonies on other planets? You see, because maybe that was God's original mission statement, to take back this fallen one-third is to introduce mankind, to bring forth God's plan of restoration, redemption, and salvation to this fallen one-third. So the serpent and especially Lucifer exceeded that plan to be curtains for them, right? So they had to hatch this plan. The rights of the firstborn play out throughout the Bible. But the seed of the promise holds the day. Uh, Trump's, uh, I'm not using that word, (laughs) referring to President Trump here, 
The seed of the promise trumps the rights of the firstborn. And you'll see that also in examples of Ishmael and Isaac. And then later on was Esau and Jacob. Okay, three examples in Scripture that beautifully show us when the rights of the firstborn, the intended firstborn, were usurped by the firstborn that was that did come forth. Okay, so the serpent knows this, and mankind, a highly technological advanced society prior to the flood, well capable of space travel, well capable of building pyramids and all these structures and everything, well capable. And that's not to say that even in former uh, civilizations, when we go before Adam and Eve were introduced on this planet, um, civilizations, if we come to the understanding of the six days, the Hebrew word behind day is yom, Y-O-M, which better translates into age. So we're talking about the six ages of creation, but in reality, the six ages of restoration of that what had, which had fallen. And uh, each day has a significant thing or things that God is doing and saying to bring about his plan, um, six ages, six stages. So by the seventh age, which we call the seventh day, he rested. He rested because he had completed everything that he could do for this fallen one-third to bring forth his ultimate plan of duration which we see in each of the six days he's restoring something or someone and <clears throat> restoration and then his redemption and salvation because he's not willing that any should be lost and he should be perish. But he gave us all free will. So it's still a free will choice whether to accept his plan, his plan of amnesty, but requires our repentance. And to accept the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. You see, mankind, Adam and Eve, and everyone since then, has fallen into sin. We failed in our mission. And even later on, Noah and his three sons and their wives and stuff, they ended up, you know, as their families progressed, failing in their mission. And then we come to Abraham, and then Isaac, and then Jacob, and the 12 sons, Israel. God had a plan for Israel, the 12 sons. Uh, of Israel, corporate Israel, and they failed in their mission. So then Jesus comes, and everything now is on his shoulders because obviously he has seen where all these failures have taken place through thousands of years. And now that burden of proof, that burden of success is now on him. And God put all his cards on the table, so to speak, in allowing his son, sending his son into our realm, our fallen realm, that previous mandates, previous missions had all failed. God could have easily just well, I'm going to just going to S-can this whole thing. I'm going to end up doing a, a great white throne judgment right here, right now. 
and be done with this. But instead, he sent his son as the ultimate test, the ultimate sacrifice, that if his son succeeded in his mission on this earth, would be the way out. Because when you read Isaiah chapter 14, past Lucifer's five I wills, I think it might be verse 17, maybe, or thereabouts, but he destroyed his cities and he took prisoners as prisoners of war. During the angel wars, they took prisoners of war within this, what became the fallen one-third. So there were some of our brothers and sisters, and there were some brothers and sisters in the angelic realms that were all taken hostage. And Isaiah chapter 51, very interesting. Let's see if I got that pulled up. Okay, 51, verse 9 through, we say 11. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days, in the generations of old. Now imagine that, in the ancient days, in the generations of old. That sounds like it's really back there in time, right? Could that be talking about the angel wars? And then, are you not the arm that cut Rahab apart and wounded the serpent? Something big, bad was going on with Rahab here that God himself had to take on Rahab. Okay, Are you not the one who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep? That's reference to Genesis 1 verse 2, the waters of the great deep that made the depths of the sea a road for the redeemed to cross over. That road for the redeemed to cross over is Jesus. So the ransomed of the Lord, that's those who submit themselves to Jesus, the ransom of the Lord, shall return and come to Zion with singing. We're being rescued out of this ever-ending ne- never, ever, never loop. It's a constant loop. History is condemned. Within this fallen one-third, history is condemned to repeat itself no matter how well-educated, if you are able to educate every single person on the planet equally, to equally encourage them not to repeat the lessons of the horrible things of the past, we would still do it because we're in this endless loop of this fallen one-third. And Jesus came in the, to prepare a road for the redeemed to get out of this endless loop reality. So the ransom of the Lord will be able to return and come to Zion with singing where we were meant to be to begin with, with everlasting joy on our heads. We shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sign shall flee away. The sorrow and sign from this fallen one-third shall flee away because we're rescued by Jesus. He came. Everything was on him when he came here. Everything. So imagine the pressures he was under. But he succeeded in his mission. What would have been like if he had failed? God's own son would have failed. We have a lot to be thankful to Jesus for. That he succeeded where all others had failed. 
And it's in him that we can trust. In him we can have our faith. In him we have our life. Even if we're dead in our fleshly bodies, we are alive with him in our souls and spirits. Okay, so swinging over to um, Leviathan. Okay, so these three creatures, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth, traditionally are portrayed as some kind of creatures, mythical creatures, uh, almost supernaturally empowered, but yet physical creatures here on earth that God had created day five, day six of the creation story. But if the days, of, uh, as in the days of Noah, if we're there now and they were there back then, they would have had even far more superior weapon systems. So it would not have been impossible for mankind, the militaries that existed in pre-flood, to take out these three creatures. If our militaries today are well aware of giants, both in stasis and those in uh, parallel dimensions that are uh, to us that are going to be crossing over, like Bigfoot, for example, I would not consider him a giant, for example, but he's pretty big, big, tall, and smelly and everything, right? But he's like in and out from a like a parallel dimension or something, you know, uh, that crosses over into ours for a while and disappears, okay? So it does happen. There's other examples of this that uh, could be recited that people observed over, you know, thousands of years of time, these kind of phenomenons. Um, <clears throat> even UFOs, UFO flaps, you know. Uh, you can study that, UFO flaps, you know. All of a sudden, for some reason, there's a whole bunch of UFOs in the sky, and people are seeing them, you know, and reporting on them today, especially with the Internet and stuff and our digital cameras and stuff. It's much easier to record this stuff. So the Congress is admitting there's a real problem with UFOs, and it's getting worse every day. Well, uh, the the answer to that phenomenon Dear Congress, okay, if you'd open up your Bibles to Revelation chapter 12, okay, verse 7 through 9, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast out and down with him. It may be that some of these angels, not uh, some of these UFOs, not all of them, but some of them might be these angels, these fallen ones that are being cast down. And they're not, you know, typically we, when we read the Bible, we say he went unto her and she conceived and bore a child. We read it in about one to two seconds. We assume that's how long it took for that poor lady to pop that baby out. You know, for everybody else, it takes nine months. But for her, it was like two seconds pop, you know, from from the moment the sperm meets egg, one second later, it's popped out full grown baby. Isn't that amazing? God is just so full of miracles, right? Now, is that make sense to anybody but what i'm using that as illustration is time compression we are very guilty of time compression of scriptures we think we read it it happened in in that period of time it takes us to read something we don't break it down to realize it took a lot a, a certain time or a lot of time 
So we wa- go to the movie theater, we watch a movie, maybe an hour and a half, maybe a couple hours, but we don't see unless it's shown to us or we investigate just how long it took to make that movie from beginning to the theater. It took maybe, in some cases, maybe a decade, maybe two decades from the very inception of that idea until it's in the theater. We don't see the hundreds, maybe thousands of people through all that time that interacted in and out. And, uh, you know, the production crew, the stars, uh, actors, the extras, uh, the uh, promotional teams, uh, advertisements, the production houses and movie theaters, dozens and hundreds and thousands of interactions of all kinds of people. We don't see that. So we just, oh, it's a nice movie. And we don't have the appreciation of what went in, all the effort that went into making that movie. Well, pick your pick your thing, the movie, a TV show, or maybe somebody wrote a book or wrote a poem, you know, and we read the scriptures and we make the same mistake. We don't realize that, hey, there's a period of time that went through here. And so when we think that these angels, these fallen ones, are being cast down the earth, we think, oh, that happened in one second. Now I can go back to sleep. Maybe this is already in process, that some of the – as Michael and his angels are moving into enemy territory, into this fallen one-third, they're cleaning house of the upper echelons are cleaning house of the upper dimensional realities within this fallen one-third, and they're cleaning house, right? And that means whether that on the one hand you will have some that flee the crime, flee the battle scene, the, the, the battle scene ahead of being, you know, wiped out, or maybe they stay there to try to, um, you know, fight against Michael and his angels, but it says they've found normal room in heaven so the higher dimensional realities within this fallen one third michael and his angels are prevailing and bit by bit there's no more room for these beings and bit by bit they're being either cast down or voluntarily coming here to regroup for their final stand against god so there's a process, and it goes back. You could say 19 was it 47 or something? Was that when Roswell happened? And it happened before that even UFO phenomenon. It's even point to some verses in the Bible where you know the question mark. Wow, was that a UFO situation? You know. So they've been here all along, and we could go back to again Genesis uh, chapter six. With the watchers that came down, we can go back to Genesis 3 with the serpent and Eve, you know. The serpents were um, probably not indigenous to this planet originally, but they came here as part of the war, angel wars. They came here, or maybe they emigrated here during good times and set up uh, colonies, you know, uh, just like... In our world today, we have groups of people all over the planet. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, pick your country. Groups of people all over the planet. And so, uh, in other words, is it are there Chinese people? Uh, is the entire planet made of Chinese people? No. Is the entire planet made of American citizens? No. Is the entire planet made of uh, Native Americans? No. Okay. There's different groups of people all over the place. So just like in the pre-Angel Wars arena, there could have been different groups of 
peoples or angelics, you know, that were already here, uh, benefiting from things being perfect up until the war broke out. And then some of them were trapped behind enemy lines, or some of them were the enemy, you know, came here and took possession, tried to take possession of the earth, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um, after God begins his restoration project, this was the, uh, looks like the only planet of choice within our solar system to set up shop. So if you're the enemy, you're going to be watching what God's doing, and you're not necessarily going to be always going along with his uh, restoration project. Maybe you're going to try to, you're going to, the enemy's going to see, okay, where, where does it benefit us and where does it hurt us? If it's going to hurt our purpose our cause our our individuality so we're going to fight god on it if it's to our benefit we're going to find a way to work with that to our advantage against god you see so they're always looking for ways to go against god whether it's you know something advantageous to them or something against them just like we look at the world today um uh, congress if Congress had a good heart about something, you know, right, they could pass some legislation that actually would make sense, you know, would benefit people, right? But actually, the enemy knows how how to do workarounds and and corrupt that legislation and turn it into a curse, or they can just corrupt Congress like they do and get them to comp- so badly compromise that they pass really bad legislation, but give a nice title to it, like the Patriot Act, okay? The Patriot Act, all right. Or the Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to trigger the final nail to the coffin on inflation and drive what people can still afford housing and food and stuff to where they can't. And then the IRS, because they can't afford, if you're like your own business and you've been dutifully paying your own taxes but under this scenario now coming down the pike you won't be able to pay your taxes because are you going to eat or are you going to pay your taxes are you going to keep that roof over your head for you and your family or are you going to pay your taxes and so that's why there aren't one of the reasons why 87,000 armed RS agents is to come after those who can't pay their taxes because of the intentional crappy economy that has been constructed for us Okay, so the enemy does its very best to cover all the angles. Even if it's a move of God, how can they circumvent and usurp it unto their own ends? And we see that happening, that God's mandate for Adam and Eve when they were perfect yet, and the serpent, Lucifer, in conjunction with the serpent, scheming how they can circumvent God's mandate for Adam and Eve. And the solution was to be the first one to her womb, to usurp the rights of the firstborn. And they have had dominion of this planet ever since. But Jesus came to restore our mandate, to restore our sovereignty, to liberate us from the serpent, and the dragons and the dracos and the shape-shifting. You've got to know your Bible. You've got to know your word. You've got to know that there was an angel wars. Otherwise, none of this makes any sense. You've got to know that there was a war in the heavens that Revelation 12 clearly says, and at this point, 7 through 9, when 
Satan and his angels are cast down to earth. This is the second time this has happened to him. The first time is Isaiah chapter 14, in conjunction parallel with Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 12 through 19. Those two uh, chapters and those two books blend together beautifully. If you know how to blend them together, it's a seamless narrative. Okay, And so that was the first time Lucifer was cast out of the mountain of God. That's a reference to Ezekiel 28. Cast, fallen from heaven, that swings back to Isaiah, and then down to the earth, okay? That was the first time that happened. Do you imagine how embarrassing that was to Lucifer and his buddies to be cast down? So it mentions that Lucifer is cast down, but we can imagine that it was more than just Lucifer that were cast down from the higher heavens, what became this fallen one-third. So he's cast down to the earth. He may have been cast down and his buddies to this literal planet, or it could mean that as well as the lower dimensional realities, a cross-section across multiple universes, multiple heavens, multiple realms, but became known as the fallen one-third of the original creation. It became not, just like in World War II, European theater, Pacific theater, there were places where you would never know there was a war going on. It's life as usual, you know, not, nothing going on. Nobody, nobody, you wouldn't know there was a war going on. And then the opposite on some places. Dresden, firebombed off the planet. Hiroshima, Nagasaki. You would obviously know a war was going on in those cases, okay? And then in between. So this fallen one-third, there would be places within the fallen third you wouldn't know there was a war going on. But then there would be places where you knew because um, wasn't there a galaxy over there one time? (laughs) Okay, where is it? (laughs) It should be here on our uh, spacecraft uh, computer systems here. Um, We've got this well documented. There should be a galaxy right there that we're headed towards, but we don't see it. Remember in Star Wars... um, Luke and Han Solo and um, Chewbacca, they're heading heading towards, what is it, Alderaan, right? And by the time they end, uh, enter out of warp, or warp drive, and uh, they're entering into what appears like an asteroid belt or something, all these chunks of rocks and stuff, that was Alderaan that had been blown already by the Death Star. So imagine that kind of scenario, that, you know, one day you're conducting trade, from one planet to another, or with one solar system to another, or maybe one galaxy to another, okay? And you've got all the coordinates charted in, and you just zip on over there, right, and, and meet with those folks over there and do your trade and everything. Everything's cool. Everything's great. And the next day, you plot your course to go over there, and there's nothing there. Or maybe there's nothing but rocks floating in space. What happened? Okay? We had that phenomenon right here in our own solar system. There used to be a planet between Mars and Jupiter called Maldek by the ancients. They knew that. Why don't we know that? Why does NASA hide that fact from us? Because they know the truth of Maldek, but they're not telling us. Now, there are scientists at NASA who haven't been filled in on this. The higher-ups at NASA, I suspect, do know the more real story of Mars and Maldek and Earth, you know, the Genesis 1-2 situation. But they're not going to tell the average rank-and-file scientists and clerks and everybody that works there, right? 
because NASA, in conjunction with the world's elite, the Serpent, the Serpents, the Dragos, the shape-shifting reptilians, they want to get back there because their stuff is back. They still have stuff back there that is operational, and they want access to their stuff so they can rewage their ancient war against God, but also against true mankind, against the Adamites that still exist in the world today. Okay, they want to wipe us all out. Okay, so if these Leviathan, Behemoth, Rahab were earthly-based creatures with a level of technology and weapons capability that the pre-flood peoples had, don't you think they could have taken care of business with those three creatures? Okay, and if our militaries today have those kinds of weapon systems to take on the giants that are going to be coming back, they, that means they also have the kind of weapon systems to take on those three top-tiered creatures. But that's the thing, then, is why would it be necessary for God himself to go up against Rahab if Rahab was just an earth-based creature? We have examples in even more recent times where uh, ancient man spears and arrows and stuff gang, on, gang up on a mammoth and force it to run either mammoth or several of them to run off a cliff and die. Or or get into a certain uh, gauntlet situation and throw enough uh, arrows or spears into it that it falls down dead. So if ancient man could have that capability, how much more so if highly intelligent, high-tech high capabilities could have wiped those three creatures out in the pre-flood world, it was that, but they were so highly advanced, it was necessary for God, to, for Himself, to go up against them. And I know we're getting close to the, to wrapping here, but next time I've got some scriptures, Job chapter three, forty-one and uh, forty, that deal with Leviathan and Behemoth, and Isaiah twenty-seven also, and then we swing over to Revelation, how these creatures come back. These creatures that were dealt with in the beginning during the angel wars, but they make a comeback in the book of Revelation. <laughs> we're going to look into that next time. <laughs> All right, praise God. Get well, weird, weirder, so much, huh? <laughs> yep, yep. I'm telling you folks, I'm warning you. Um, you know, you got to put on your uh, X-Files music. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Praise God. Anyway, thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you all. Tonight is a Wednesday, August the 24th. We will see you Friday night, Lord willing, if I live that long. God. Um, uh, 7 p.m. at the Friday night prayer vigil. God bless you all. Thank you, Brother Lauren, for joining us tonight and sharing such incredibly thought-provoking stuff. And we know it's going to get even deeper. Praise God. Thank you so yep. much. God bless you all. Thank you. Lord, we come to you with repentant heart. We seek you with all. Sinners at the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of kings. 
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.